0: I'm going to give you the hook right now, right? I'm going to give you the hook because when we leave from this place, my desire is that we all understand and have this in our spirit, up or down. Up or down. Whether you are um, been praying about a thing for a long time and you don't know when or if it's even going to come about, you ain't going to turn away from an almighty God. You're going to roll with him Up up or down. That no matter the situation, regardless of the situation, no matter how much pain you've been in, even the thing that you've been praying about for a long time, you can have resolved today. Say, God, it don't matter. I'm going to put my confidence in you up Up. or down. down. We're going to talk about strength and humility. You know, sometimes when we're humble, when we go low, we think that we are losing. When, when, when we allow ourselves to be in a place of meekness, we think that the other person is winning. And God says, don't you know how much strength it takes to yield so that you put others first? Somebody needs to know that the first shall be the last and the last shall be first. We're gonna talk about humility today. In James, first chapter, James was trying to, to share something with the Jewish Christians. James wasn't the one that was the brother of John. They were the sons of Thunder. They were the sons of Zebedee. The James we're talking about was the brother, half-brother of Jesus. I don't know. Sometimes I think with family, sometimes the biggest thing that we sometimes struggle with is family. But sometimes at the end of the day, when you know it's family and you know it ain't going nowhere, you're going to have to love them up or down. You got some brothers in your life. You got some sisters. You got some children in your life. You got some folk in your life, your brother or your sister. And sometimes they don't do what, you, what they need to do. They don't, they don't treat you the way you need to be treated. You don't, you don't receive the way you need to receive. That's the time. Listen, can I just say it like this? I'll say it like this. Listen, Joshua, I'm just going to tell you, bro, I'm going to roll with you, up or down. I'm with you. And even if you might do a thing that might break my heart because, you know, you should know better, you my God. At the same time, that's just an opportunity for me to show you love. So irrespective, up or down. That's how we want to roll with God. James was circulating this letter. It was a general letter. And it wasn't written to a particular church. But it has significant meaning. He was writing a letter to say to them, listen. He said, you become prosperous. You got a couple chips. But you become complacent. Complacent in your faith, complacent in your mannerisms. James was saying, you need to clean it up. He was somebody who was in your face. He was saying to them, look, the, the judgment day is near and it's greater than you think. So he was saying to them, get it together. And James 1, he said, listen, to encourage you, understand there's going to be trials and tribulations. There's going to be some things that happens in your life. There's going to be some hardship. There's going to be some affliction that comes in your life. He said to them, look, up or down, count it all joy. When you fall into those various situations, call call it all good when you're rolling with God because you know all things work together for good who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know that God is going to get you back. So he said, listen, count it all joy. He said, but if you have some issues, ask God. And if you ask him, he's faithful. He's going to give you the wisdom that you seek. But when you ask him, don't ask him wavering. Don't ask him as if you don't believe. He said, because if you ask and you double-minded, you're not going to receive anything. So I'm just saying, maybe you're here today, and you've been working on that strategy, working on that strategic plan. You've been doing all the things you can do, but you've never invited him in. And I'm saying, we ain't going to wait right here, right here. Let's invite him into that situation. No, for real. Let's take a time as you think about and reflect, what is it? that is strong and is a stronghold in your life and you've been trying to figure it out but you haven't asked him for wisdom you haven't asked him for his approach you haven't asked him what you, what he think you ought to do he said when you ask ask with confidence and he said look he said in his word he said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways like like you just toss to and fro like you come in, you're here, you're, but you're not stable. Put your confidence in God. Make a resolve in your heart. Up or down, you're going to roll with him. He said, uh, sometimes we're going to have to endure some stuff. I'm still in chapter one. Sometimes you're going to have to endure some stuff. He said, look, endure temptation. He said, because when you endure it, understand that there's going to be a crown of life. He said, endure it. Go through it. I'm with you. He said, I'm your refuge. I I got you covered. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm with you. Some hardship going to come. But then he said, look, when you are tempted, don't say you're being tempted by God. Because God don't tempt anybody. He said, when you are tempted, here's what happens. (laughs) He says, when we're tempted, we are drawn away of our own lustful desires. It's our own desires that we're drawn away from. He's saying, and then when we are drawn away, we have sinful acts. And when those sinful acts allow to grow, it leads to death. So what am I saying? I'm saying, listen, we can't blame God for some of the things that we know is us. My Bible tells me, and I said it last week, the devil is defeated and God is exalted. Some stuff that we find ourselves into, that's just us. That's our own desires. So God says to us, look. He says, uh, when you're drawing away, that ain't God. But he can make a way out of no way. There's no sin, nothing you'll go through, nothing you've ever experienced, that God won't give you a way of escape. So then, I'm still in chapter 1. He says, look, when you hear the word of God, please don't be distracted. Just listen. When you hear the word of God and you're not a doer of the word, it's like you look in the mirror at your face and then you turn away and forget what you look like. When we look and stare into the law of God and we know it's his law, we know it's his instruction, and we do it, he said, there are blessings that will follow. Chapter two, James said, he said, look, how can you you call yourself faithful and you have favorites? How, How can you say that you have faith in God but yet you have distinction among men and women, that you have favor. Somebody walk in, and they look good. They got some fine clothes on, and, you know, they got some, some, some jewelry, and they got some bling-bling, some and they look like somebody. You say, oh, come on up. Sit right here. But somebody who's off the street, some homeless person walk in, and they look poor, they smell a little bit, and they come into the place they say, well, you can stand over there. You you can stand over there. Or you can sit by my footstool. But we say we have faith. God said, listen, check our hearts. He said, look, we can't have distinction among men. God says, love your neighbor. That means you love everybody. Oh, it's in chapter 2 right at the beginning. That God is not calling us to have favor. He said, humble yourself. He said in Romans 12, he said, look, I beseech you, brethren. And stay with me because I know you know them. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. But verse 3 says, Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. Who do we think we are? God says, the faithful understand that you can humble yourself because when you humble yourself and have humility, then you're gonna have honor. When you humble yourself, then God says, When you abase yourself, I'm gonna exalt you. Then he goes on in chapter two. And he says, faith without works is useless. It has no purpose. He said, How can you say you have faith? And somebody walk in this lighthouse. Somebody walk in this lighthouse and they say, Well, I, I don't have any clothes. I don't have any food. And the faithful people say, Well, I have faith. Goodbye. Stay warm. Eat well. But we never give them something to eat, we never clothe them. Prosperous, but complacent and hearty. Then in verse three, chapter three, he says, Beware of your tongue. We're going to get to contention because contention is in chapter 4. That's what I'm supposed to be preaching. But we can't get to contention and not know how we get there. Because some of the places that we go and how we end up in quarrels and fights, it's because of the same things we're dealing with right now, the tongue. He said it's untamable. It's a beast. The only way we overcome the tongue is that you yield to the spirit of God. The thing you want to say because you want to get them back. You can't wait. As Soon as they hit you, you want to hit them back. Because it's going to feel good to put people in their place. And God is saying, shh. Bite that tongue. Maybe you're here today and you know it just happened. It just happened. God say, double back. You want to know the strength and humility? God say, double back. I'll give you the words to say, if you ask me, I'll give you the wisdom of how to approach it. Double back, humble yourself, and walk in humility. Speak life and not death. Then in chapter 4, I don't know where I'm at. I'm trying to figure it out. Here's what I want to talk about. There's strength in humility up or down. I just walked through this already, so we're going to go to the next one. Up or down? It's to be grounded. Humility is like humans. It's like come from the ground. It's it's like to be grounded is to be like, okay, God, I understand that I need to have gratitude. But in my heart of hearts, God, I don't like them. But, God, you are calling me in this space for a moment such as this to be a representation of you. And, God, in my own strength, in my flesh, I can't do it. But, God, I am so grounded enough, God, because I've tried it my way, God. I've been doing it my way. But, God, I've gotten to a point this morning where I'm saying, up or down, God, I'm going to follow your way. God, I may not get it perfect all the time, but, God, I need you in my life because I'm tired going back to the same thing. So when you're grounded, you're saying, God, not my will, but your will. When when you up or down, it's you don't mind going low when somebody, you know, you know they're being haughty, you know they're being uppity, you know, and it and it just burns you in your spirit and God's like, mm, don't give that leverage back. When they all up and mighty, you got leverage to now that the way you respond will be an indication of the of the man and the woman of God that you are. So the lowliness and how we respond in those moments is leverage. God gives us that so that we can represent him. He said, and we know, he said, let your light so shine among men that they would see your good works. They would understand how you move. They would would feel your presence. That they don't give you glory. They see your good works, but honor God in heaven when your light shines. Humility is saying, look, you put others first. Ooh, listen, we're, our fleshly nature is not made up in a way to put others first. We have to yield to our spirit, but we have to crucify our flesh. Because the flesh is never satisfied. But that's how we fear the Lord. We reverence him. All right, let's move. Okay. In the text, verse 1. The reason why they can't humble themselves is because they had conflict. And the conflict started in their makeup. The battle, the conflict between their flesh and their spirit. There's a waging that's going on. But he says, look, what causes the fight and quarrels among you? Hobila. He ain't talking to worldly folks. He's talking to the church. He's saying to the church, what are you fighting about? He said, I guarantee you. That is coming from your desires, the things that's in you. So what am I saying? It's an inside job. It's an inside job. The the thing that you're fighting with, the things that is in quarrels, whether it's at home with your children, is stemming from a place that we innately want to win, from a place that we feel discontentment. And God says the only thing that's gonna complete you is me. So he said, don't they come from your desires all the things? Even the wars and that we're experiencing right now. Some of them can be masquerade as a pretense of zeal and honor to the country. A lot of it has to do with what is their pleasure, what they get out of it. Conflict is an inside job. But not only that, in verse 2, he said, look, you desire to have, but you don't have. So your lack of dealing with your conflict, it impacts your conduct. The reason why you're dealing with some stuff right now and you keep doing it because you you haven't cast it down from the origin of the thought. Let me just say it. The conflict starts in our mind. It's what we think about. And if we give room to think about it more and more and more, we're going to end up doing it. So God is saying, look, snatch that thing down, crucify that thing at the origin of the thought. Because we know the moment we think about it, mm, we're already scheming. It is that pleasure is screaming in our heart because it is scheming in our thoughts. He said, at the thought, at the moment it starts to germinate, kill it. He says, so you don't get what you want so you kill with your words, you kill with your with relationships, you destroy stuff. You covet because you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. We're doing stuff because we want to feel better. We're bitter. The person is dead and gone. we still bitter. So we destroy everything else with our tongue, with our actions. And God is saying, if you just come to me, I can put something, I got a bone from Gilead. I got, I got something that will heal your sin-sick soul. God says, I have something that will turn it around. He said, your conflict, your conduct, but what it stems from is our communication. He said, you don't have it because you don't ask for it. You don't have it because you have not gone to God and said, God, help me, show me. And when he shows you, he says, look, when you ask, you ask with the wrong motives. That's why we don't get it. The reason why we don't get some of the things that we pray about, God knows if he gave it to us, it's going to be more harmful than, if, than we think. That we're not ready. God has to build up our character. How does he build up our character? One little step at a time. That we begin to practice obedience. I'm getting ahead of myself. We get to practice obedience. God can start to build some, some trust that we are who we say we are, that we're going to go with him up or down. That when we communicate and we go to God in prayer, now God is saying, that's my daughter, that's my son. Okay, I think they're ready now. James 1 through 3, there's all kind of contention. And here's sometimes, most times, what the contention is all about. I just talked about it, but I want to break it down. It's who's getting, who's in control, who's getting the cash, and who's getting the credit. Who's in control? Contention. I'm losing if I have to sit under. Mm-hmm. Why do you got to tell me? And I'm gonna get them back. And just cave and settle in to work together. Who's in control? I'm talking about humility. Who is who's getting the cash, possessions, things, pleasures, and who's getting the credit? Great things can happen when no one cares. Who's getting the credit? Because then it's up or down. Selfish ambitions, bitterness. And here's the thing. We don't get it. We're good. But we get it and we boast about it. Sometimes you don't say anything. It's your mannerisms. You just think you're better than somebody else. You just pick up on it just the way you carry yourself around people because you got the the title and the thing. And then people can't even hear what you're saying in your Christian uh, 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 outreach. Because the way you carry yourself, can we humble ourselves, be broken? Yeah, you know you're going home to a nice crib. You know you drive a nice ride. You know all that. But can you just humble yourself and you're dealing with it? Say, listen, I am no better than you. That we are in this together. In my daddy's house, we are all the same. In fact, I was down too. All right. So all of that. He said, if you're a friend of the world. You're an enemy with me. And you have enmity with God? I mean, he opposes you. He's fighting against... He said, if you are a friend of the world, God said, you have enmity with me. That, that he opposes you. God said, you are... You, it's not God. Who are you making friends Who are we making friends with? Where, who is on the throne of our hearts? Or is it the things of this world? Because when he said it. It was so nice. He said it twice. He said... If you are friends of this world, you are an enemy with me. And then he says, if you are a friend of God, you are a peacemaker. Everywhere you go, you bring mercy. When you are a friend of God, you are willing to yield. Okay, honestly, we're going to do this, and I'm but, but here's what I really want to talk about since we're here. Up or down, either way, no matter what, Keep your hands in God's hand. Keep running the race. Keep going. Keep pressing. Keep moving. Have resolve that, God, I I know I'm in pain, and God, I don't know why this phone is in my flesh, but God, up or down, I'm rolling with you. Somebody, when you leave here today, up or down, you keep your hands in God's hand. You don't give up the fight. Up or down, I'm with you. The text, verse 7. He says, Humble yourselves before the Lord. Humble yourselves before God. Recognize our weaknesses. The sin, the thing that keeps tripping us up. Can we just lay it at the altar today? You know, I have some good news. There is somebody you can talk to, and I guarantee you, I promise you, they will never tell your business. And that's God. And He already knows. Tell Him. Acknowledge the weakness. Acknowledge and admit. Tell him. Find a broken place, you and God, all the stuff that's been pressed down for a long time. Give it to him. Humble yourself. Stop fighting surrender. So James, I don't know if he's out there. James hit me early this morning. He's just right here. I was like, right now. I was like, I got you, James. So I hit him back. I said, I said let's go. He hit me back. Let God. I'm like, oh, let God. And, he, and I was stuck. I'm saying let's go, but we can't go without God. When I look up let early this morning, it was like, it is to give permission. It is to allow. It is to approve of it. God, please come on in. It is to, oh, Jesus. Uh, It is to empower and enable God. Come in. Just have your way. That's humility. Like not my will, God, but your will be done. So we want to let's go? Let's let God. Then up or down. Come on, somebody's going to get help. Resist the devil and he will flee you. How do you resist the devil? Sometimes we've been trying to resist him by trying to fake him out. And he just wait, he just wait. And wherever we end up, he's just come right there. The only way we can resist the devil is we gotta flip the script. We have the model. Jesus had the model when he went to the wilderness in Matthew 4. When he was tempted by the devil, he gave us the script. When the devil, all he can do is make suggestions, whisper in your ear, and then I get you all riled up. Why? Because your flesh always wants to be satisfied. And when it wants to be satisfied, it don't mind mind contention. So you flip the script and say, no, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. In the name of Jesus. huh? Call on the name of Jesus. Watch. Sometimes, Philippians 2, I'm just going to try to go with it, but I think Philippians 2, verse 5. It said that Jesus, who was in glory, he said, first of all, let this mind be in you, that is also in Christ Jesus. He said, the one, here's the example, the one who was in glory, thought it not robbery to come out of glory, down and become a slave. You're talking about humility. And coming down, and because he he abased himself, because he came down and humbled himself, God gave him a name that is above every other name. that. That at the name of Jesus, he can't stay. You want to resist the devil? Call on his name. He said, come close. He said, humble yourself before God. Resist the devil, he will flee. He said, And King James said, draw nigh unto me. Come close to me. You can make whatever decision you want to make. But if you want to resist the devil because he keep coming after you, Come, Jesus. God said, come close to me. Draw nigh, seek me, thirst, fall on your face, Go come close to me, and I will come close to you. And when he comes close to you, the devil can't stay. Continue in prayer. Sometimes you don't have words. Sometimes you don't know what to say. So sometimes you say, mm, 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 mm. mm. My Bible tells me that uh, Jesus is interceding our groans unto God. Sometimes you don't know what to say, so you just, mm, 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 You think about that situation like, mm. And sometimes out of nowhere you hear the word Jesus. Not, not in vain. you calling him Jesus. Because you know that just gives you Jesus. Jesus. And that's a prayer. That's enough. In all of the heaviness. After a while, when you stay close, you find that it's gone. Your situation still might be there, but he walks with you. He talks with you. He whispers in your ear. He lays heavy on you. He gives you peace in the midst of it all. When you praise and you worship, my Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. All of this, yeah, he's here. He's here. And then you practice obedience. You want to know how you can start to get things to work out? like, like there's the opportunities there when, when you've been praying about a thing and now you're going to do some work. Now you're going to steal away. You're going to make an appointment with God and you're going to start to now spend time with him. You're going to lay on your face and you might fall asleep, but you're going to put some work in. You're going to put some work in. And then when God opens that door and he shows you, you have more strength because you've been humbling yourself. Now what you couldn't do before, you can do now because you've been putting some work in. Yeah. He says, I'm almost done. Stay with me on this one, please. Read the text. It's in the text. He says, wash your hands. So when you come to God, when you humble yourself, wash your hands. Admit, come clean, all the stuff that you've done. Wash your hands. Todah in the Hebrew, um, it means worship, means thank you, means thanksgiving. But it originates from the word hands. So when I'm saying when you come before God in humility, sometimes you wash your hands by just giving it to Him. You wash your hands because your hands become part of your worship. You don't have to lift your hands. You don't have to wave your hands. But I think there is something of a, of a thanks offering when we offer up our hands. Say, God, look, the earth is the laws and the fullness thereof, the world they that dwell therein. But who shall enter the place? They with clean hands for your, wash your hands. He says, look, acknowledge and admit, but also wash your hearts. I think it's tonight at the overflow. Uh, I think in Joel 2, it talks about uh, when you're in grief, don't tear your clothes. Tear your heart. When you're in a place where you're like, God, look, look, God, I am. I, I keep doing the same thing, God. I, I, don't, I don't know. God, I'm, I'm at the end. A ritual they used to do is tear their clothes in grief. In Joel 2, he says, Don't tear your clothes, tear your heart. God can't usually say so we have a broken spirit and a contrite heart. When David sinned with Bathsheba, and Samuel came to David, and David realized that he acknowledged his sin, Psalm 51 is written. He said, God, purge me with hyssop. He said, God, renew our right spirit within me. So maybe you're here today, and God is saying, wash your hearts. Purify. And the only way it could be purified was at the blood of the Lamb. Jesus justified us and made us righteous. But the blood of Jesus purified us over and over and over again. Confess, come clean. Then, in verse 10, he says, Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. Proverbs 16, 18, he said, He says, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty heart goes before the fall. He said, Look, if you humble yourself, really be remorseful, really be in a place, God, up or down. God, I don't know, I, I'm here. And if it don't work out tomorrow, God, I'm coming back the next day. Up or down, I'm with you, God. You get to a place where you get at His feet. Then you start to understand when you go low, He go high. There's going to be a new horizon. All the worries, all the stuff that you've been worried about, God's going to give you joy. He's going to give you peace. You're worried about the possessions and the thing, the credit, the cash, and the control. And God gives you peace in the midst of your chaos. And none of the control matters at that point. When you work with God, you mourn and you weep because sometimes we don't want to feel the heaven. As God said, no, feel it. He said, sit in it because that's what's going to bring you out. That's what's going to be the thing that you don't want to do it again because it hurts too much. God said, that's where you get your strength. He said, but there's a new horizon, brand new hope, brand new love, brand new understanding. We just got to determine our hearts. Up. Come on, come on, come with me. Up. In the name of Jesus, give him all the glory. Amen. I invite you to stand on your feet and get ready to praise. Amen.